production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, the podcast. Helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What can utilities in Alaska teach us about responding to crisis? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. My name is Andy Johns, your host with Pioneer, and I'm joined on this episode by Meadow Bailey, who is the Director of External Affairs and Public Public Relations at Golden Valley Electric Association. Meadow, thank you for joining me. Andy, thank you so much for letting me come. I always love the opportunity to talk about communication in general, and I tend to really have a passion for crisis communication, so... Excellent. So you might not get rid of me for a while. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you had a chance to, to share some of that knowledge with folks at this session. Once again, we're recording this episode at the NIC, um, the NWPPA's uh, conference here in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you for sharing Alaska with us first yeah, and foremost. This and welcome. Is, yeah, it's fantastic we up here. We rolled out some sun for the past you know, 24 hours or right? so. Yeah, It's been nice. It's you got a little nice. rain too, so you got to see couple different weather patterns that rolled through. Right, yeah. right. I think those are the only two weather patterns I'd like to see before we get out of here. So don't bring anything, Funny you don't say bring that. anything heavier. There's in. rumors of snow up north tonight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, um, what I thought we'd talk about on this episode, you have two, you have two sessions from this conference where you're talking about crisis communications. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to, to get into that a little bit. Uh, like I said, we were recording here at the NIC. So like we always say, any, any noises or ex, uh, extraneous noise you hear is not background noise. It's ambiance. Yes. Because uh, we're here right at the, uh, the center. And what uh, you're hearing is communicators communicating in the background. You know, it turns out <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but well, go ahead and give us a top line for those who weren't able to attend uh, this, uh, this conference or um, uh, your session in particular. What were some of the, the, the main themes you were hoping to get across uh, in the two sessions on crisis communications? Well, really, the first session that what we did, and I was actually part of a panel, uh, which was really fun for me, was to talk about some of the unique situations that we face in Alaska and then some of the challenges that come and really the kind of location and the fact that we don't have, re- even though redundancy is such a buzzword sure. um, in, in the electric industry, really redundancy is not something that is in place in the infrastructure in Alaska. So anything like the redundancy issues that we see from an industry perspective, you also see like with roads, there's not multiple roads in or out of a location. Uh, so a crisis, when it hits, it tends to affect everybody within a location location. And so we just talked about some, you know, through some of those situations, what some best practices were that we'd learned over time. Um, And the the opportunity really was to be able to collaborate and to share what we've learned, to hear from other people as well, and uh, to share, you know, really those, what worked best. And your your hope is always that somebody gets one nugget of information that's really inspiring to them and that they take away. You've got so many things going against you. Up yeah. here, you've got not just the the redundancy issues or lack thereof mm-hmm. you were talking about. You got space. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, the extreme conditions it can be. Absolutely, there's a lot that goes into it. I imagine your your uh, your your crisis uh, book is going to be a little mm-hmm. thicker than some of the folks maybe in the lower 48. Well, and one of the things we kind of talked about is that you really and this we've definitely seen this is you can't necessarily prepare for every crisis, but there's always things that you can do to be prepared, which is the tenets of good communication. Anyways, like just be, making sure you're responsive 
responsive, making sure the information that you're sharing is accurate, um, making sure that you're acknowledging other people who are affected or impacted. Um, and one of the big, the key takeaways we really had was focusing on being responsive, even if you don't have all of the information. So trying to put out a statement within the first 30 minutes, even if it, it doesn't include all, all of the details, but acknowledge that you're aware of the situation of whatever happened and that you are working to gather more information and you'll update when you have that information or if you can give a time frame to it, you know, within the next 30 minutes, within the next hour. Sometimes that's really hard to do though, but still just being, having a presence in that space and acknowledging that you're aware of what's going on, that gives a lot of assurance to people. That's really what they want to know at first. Then they're going to want to, and, and that you're responding, then they're going to want to know that you're going to share more information and details. Maybe what the cause is, how widespread, and if you're talking about an outage, how widespread it might be. So it sounds like while the challenges might be different or, or ratcheted up a little bit, a lot of the fundamentals are going to be the same, whether somebody's up here or, or down in the lower 48. Yeah. One of the things that's unique too, I'll just kind of, um, which is a side note really, is that a lot of the things that we used to experience historically have changed within the past 10 or 15 years in Alaska. Okay. We um, are really on the edge of you know the kind of adjustments in climate that we're seeing. And so we tend to have some new patterns that are coming through. We had a windstorm that happened this year. It was one of the, this summer, we're not traditionally a place in the interior where I'm located. It's not traditionally a place that had high winds. So we had a windstorm that came through and caused more damage than anyone had seen in 20 years. It wow. started really, you know, very mildly and we really didn't understand what was unfolding in front of us um, that was followed by just last winter we had kind of a real record storm that was heavy snowfall followed by rain which when you have rain in the middle of winter in Alaska it's one of the most difficult situations to recover from because everything is coated with ice and it usually sure. you know, temperatures drop pretty dramatically and so you've got this ice that's everywhere it caused a lot of trees to break it caused damage to poles travel was really hard it was difficult to get through the heavy snow and that thick crust of ice, let alone just the fact that the roads were so treacherous from all of that, from the ice, how slippery they were. So we've seen some things that are unique and that are new within the state. And what we're trying to do is really look at our system and see how can we uh, create some kind of resiliency and redundancy within our infrastructure. Got it. And then come up with a ways to, to tell that story. Same yeah. Thing, like yeah. Always. Yes, absolutely. So the, the other discussion that you were a part of, the breakout session, getting through the storm, uh, how to successfully manage a crisis, uh, what was some of the discussion like? And we, we've got so many good communicators here. It's been really interesting uh, to, to hear the, the discussions as well and what folks have said. So what were some of the other things you picked up um, from, from either of the sessions? Well, in that, the afternoon session that we did where we were talking about, you know, really what we shared 10 key takeaways of getting through a storm. Okay. Um, and really the focus there um, was on, well, of course, preparation. And I'm, I've always said I'm not really a big fan of saying, you know, you have like a 20-page crisis communication plan, but having elements that are going to support you wherever you're at when you're in a crisis situation. So having prepared messages, knowing what you're going to say, having those approved and uh, having some redundancy with those messages. So always talking about safety, always talking about people being responsive, always showing compassion and, and care for your community. Uh, those are going to, you're going to use those kinds of elements in every everything that you talk about. And, and then being quick with your response, sharing as much information that is verified as quickly as you can. Uh, so really we start out by kind of focusing on that. And then we talked about some real specific kind of tactics more for, for being successful in doing that. Got it. So what are some things that, that um, 
you would give advice to folks if they're they're looking at it and and maybe they already have a twenty page plan you're talking about or maybe they maybe they don't but uh, when you've got somebody maybe who's a new communicator or somebody who's just going through and and thinking about okay we probably need to update what we've got here yeah. where do you even start. Um, well, I th- first you would start by identifying your roles. Who is going to sit in what seat and ro- what role are you expecting them to fill? And really, you know, you're going to have obviously operations. You're probably going to have IT involved for support. You're going to have supply. Uh, you know, so there's some general seats. You, we have identified the first person that would be in that. We always ask that you identify at least one backup, sometimes two. If it's a longer uh, situation, you're going to need more support. You're going to need people that you can switch out with. Um, in addition to that, the idea of having these key messages that you you have ready to go and are able to respond with really quickly, that's really important. Um, we also really advocate for having some, some kind of a graphic that you can share immediately. We put everything on the platform Canva. It's something, there's an app for it. You sure. can access it from your phone. It's very easy to work with. We can make slight adjustments on the go if we need to. Uh, and that's been a, a nice, you know, as long as you have some kind of connectivity. We also share those, have those graphics usually on our phone. Um, but something where wherever you're at, you're still able to provide a, a quick update. Our, for us in Alaska, Facebook is really the platform of choice so far. It'll be interesting. There's kind of, you know, seems to be TikTok coming along sure. and Instagram. But that so far has not taken the place of Facebook. And so we tend to focus more on sharing our messages out via Facebook. How does the lack of redundancy like you talked about, um, you know, you mentioned having them on your phone. Uh, I know there's some some more remote spots of the state where that's not that may not do you a lot of good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that um, you know has that made you had to step up the game a little bit? Where just knowing that there may not be, um, while I know the state association everybody works together well, it might be a long way for some of the other folks, uh, other co-op folks in the state to help out, or yeah. uh, just there's the space that we're talking about. Have there been some extra steps that you guys have to take to be um, extra prepared, extra prepared due to that lack of uh, redundancy or the the distances yeah. involved? Well, I think one of the things that we've really done is worked on taking any of our messaging that we have, and this is assuming, of course, that you have some kind of a connection, so that you're able sure. to get online. And if you weren't, we would work to try to find some other way to reach out and share information. Uh, But trying to give information as quickly as they can to our members and not necessarily segmenting our members. Like we don't communicate with media different than we do our our general members. We'll do interviews and those kinds of things. But we're pushing out information um, as quickly as we can via Facebook, via email. And we tend to give all of that, the same information we would to a reporter we're going to give to our members. Uh, and in part of that is because there's not necessarily the same presence, media presence in Alaska and in some of the more rural communities as there would be in a, a more urban population. Sure, sure. Um, so I've been curious to ask, but what are some of the more unusual things you have seen in your time? And when it talks about a crisis, um, what, how far are the extremes here uh, that you're dealing with on uh, on a on a somewhat I don't I won't say regular basis, but that you've dealt with in yeah. in your time here? Well, I'll start with uh, you know from a utility perspective, sure. being where I work now. Um, but, but before this, I worked with the Alaska Department of Transportation, so I have a couple that I'll share from I that. I would imagine so. Um, but really, ours are. Um, high wind storms that are really um, unique now. It's not something that we experienced previously. This uh, idea of having heavy winter rains that come on usually on top of a, 
a heavy snowfall and then are followed by really cold temperatures. That's always a situation that makes for really challenging conditions. And for our members, as power goes out to, you know, kind of these smaller pockets of homes that are harder for us to reach. And so we really stress the importance of all of our members being prepared. Um, so that those kind of things that are slightly different, abnormal weather patterns, we're seeing more of those. We do have wildfires as well. Um, we also, when I worked with the Department of Transportation, really the last thing that I had um, dealt with there was when we had the beginning of COVID uh, in Alaska, the state airports are, the airports are run by the state. And so we were really one of the first, uh, and the repatri repatriation flights that were coming over. Um, and so we had one of the first ones come through Anchorage International Airport. I was actually, I feel like a lot of these crises that happen, I'm usually like in Mexico, but I happened to be oh. in Mexico when that flight was going to happen. We were just starting to talk about COVID. No one knew it was really going to happen. So it can also be a global pandemic. So um, we've had avalanches. We've had these incredible like uh, avalanches that have caused dams that caused a flood. And you know, so flooding of events, of course. Um, I just usually any kind of a disaster in Alaska is going to be big. It's going to be longer. While it might affect fewer people, it's usually fairly dramatic. Um, but you're always going to expect those people to be somewhat prepared. I mean, that's kind of the, the nature of Alaska is sure. if you're going to live here, you're going to be prepared for just about anything and you're going to have right. a certain independent streak. So we, we really stress the importance of people being prepared. Definitely. Um, the question everybody is, uh, is wondering to ask, uh, I know that there's a lot of times in, in the lower 48 outages can be caused by wildlife. I love life. you said lower 48. Is it's that, like you're a local already. Yes. <laughs> uh, definitely not. Yeah. But, uh, wildlife is involved in uh, some of those outages mm -hmm. in lower 48. So, uh, the question everybody's wondering uh, and wanting to ask, uh, how does wildlife play a role? Maybe not in a full-blown crisis, but in, in some of the outages. We do have outages, actually. As I was just getting ready to sit down with you, I was dealing with an outage that was at a school. It was caused by a squirrel. And so squirrels well, we have usually... Those down, yeah, yeah, we have those yeah. in Tennessee. Those, yeah. That's universal, I've right? heard of those. Yes. So squirrels and birds tend to be the biggest outage, outage causing, you know, kind of wildlife things. And that happens very regularly, actually. Yeah. Got it. Last thing for you here. What advice would you have for somebody who is uh, either in your shoes, uh, where you are now, or um, you know, kind of just just starting the process of hey, you know, we, we need to be prepared for this kind of stuff. Most mm -hmm. most utilities do a good job of that, but you know, what advice would you have for somebody who's yeah. who's starting down that path? Well, I'd say most utilities do a really phenomenal job of that, and part of it is because outages and crisis is really just a kind of part of your day to day operation. Right. Right. It's not necessarily the really large sized ones, but there's always you're always having a chance to practice. Sure. Um, the things I'd really emphasize is being prepared, so making sure you I've identified those roles and you understand what your role is uh, as a as the communicator are you going to be pushing messages out you know via Facebook via email whatever those platforms are and those ways that you're going to communicate with people work use those on a daily basis so make those your out, the the methods of communication and your general outreach so that you're uh, public knows where to go for their information. They know that's where you're going to share. They're used to your tone. They trust you. And then also you're really familiar with those platforms because during a crisis, you're not going to try to learn a new platform or figure out a password. You, you don't have time. You're kind of, you're, you're really focused on what these messages are going to be. So. Perfect. I think that's good advice all the way around. And you even uh, you even answered some of my uh, my weird lower 48 state questions uh, <laughs> about Alaska. So yeah. 
Meadow, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Andy. I really appreciate it. She is Meadow Bailey. She is the Director of External Affairs and Public Relations at Golden Valley Electric Association. I am Andy Johns, your host with Pioneer. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Our associate producer is Sarah Wooten. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio. 